Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by Nintendo fans of NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 95, and we're recording this on Friday, November 18th, 2016. And uh, with me today is my co-host, Joe. Hello, Steven. Annyeong. <laughs> that was a good uh, Arrest Development reference. You know what? Uh, a few nights ago, me and Erica were just watching a little TV, uh, had finished dinner, and we were probably like on that cusp of uh, we could go to bed or we could maybe yep. like watch one more thing. And right. um, and I forget, one of us was having like kind of a bad day and everything, and uh, for some reason, Hulu, it finished the show, like a current show. And even though we don't watch Arrested Development on Hulu or Nef- or whatever we were watching on, it decided to jump to that. Of all the shows, it jumped to the pilot of that uh, show. And we just haven't watched it in a little while, but we love that show. I mean, that's part of how mm-hmm. we bonded when our relationship was getting uh, going. And man, that just put us in such a good mood when we went to bed. Just Sweet. watching that pilot again. That show's so great. It is a good show. It's a very good show. There should be an Arrested Development video game. Uh, uh, if if that show came out in the 90s, early 90s, I bet there would have been. And I hope it would have been like the Simpsons arcade game. <laughs> or something okay. like that. That'd be great. Okay, yeah. Imagine fighting the mighty egg. Imagine riding around in the Bluthmobile. <laughs> and stopping by the banana stand. Yep. That'd be fun. Oy. Um, fighting a, a giant Sidwell boss with his uh, removable eyebrows. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if you guys haven't watched Arrested Development, you should. But this is uh, not a TV podcast. This is a video no. game podcast. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's Joe and I tonight, uh, today, whenever you listen to this. And um, kind of loosey-goosey this episode. Don't have too much uh, structure, but... Uh, Joe has some uh, now planned to, to get to, and uh, we have a main topic later on. So uh, sure why don't we just jump right in uh, into this pool and uh, start with your now playing, Joe. Okay. Yeah, what you got going on? So uh, my now playing will involve two games, one I recently finished and one I'm in the midst of playing along with Amy. Um, the first one I talked about on the last episode that I was on which is Chibi Robo Ziplash. So I finally uh, more or less finished that game. Um, and when I last spoke about it, you may remember, I was really not feeling it. I was, uh, it was the opposite of Ryan time. Yeah. I was... You were the anti-Shulk. <laughs> yes, I was not really feeling it. Um, and I... I discuss the reasons why but uh i i kind of as i tend to do with games even if i'm not really enjoying them i almost always will you know push through uh and this this was an instance where pushing through actually really did it did improve my enjoyment with the game and it's 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 sort of not really so much that the game itself got better you know what you what you find in the first world is what continues throughout the whole rest of the game. So if you really did not like that, that's not going to change. How many worlds are there? Six. Okay. Six worlds. That's pretty meaty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Technically there's a seventh, but we'll get to that. You know, I remember, I remember you telling me about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but what, what happened, I think, and you can, take you know interpret this as as a good thing or a bad thing is 
I basically just got used to the game's shortcomings and how to sort of just basically deal with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I had mentioned that I was not crazy about the controls. I just basically got used to it. Um, I had mentioned that I didn't like how the game, in order to, like, control the length of your ziplash, you know, you had to pick things up. Um, and you kind of had to do that for every level. Yeah. You always started back at zero. Who's cutting his cord every level, you know what I mean? It, seriously. Um... And so I didn't, I didn't like that. Again, I just got used to it. I just got used to the fact that, like you pointed out, the game is essentially linear in that every level must be done in more or less a certain way because you have to keep going through the rhythm of getting, you know, finding those power ups to make your zip, zip lash longer, uh, reaching a new area, you know, getting getting stuff, continuing through the level. So again, basically, it's not that my enjoyment of that changed, it's just that I I just sort of I don't know, resigned myself to it or I just I just sort of let it go frozen style and it just it didn't bother me anymore. You just stopped presuming it was going to change next time. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yep. Um but I gotta say, uh, what did end up really changing? I think I mentioned how much I liked the backgrounds last time, right? Mm-hmm. The the uh, the settings and everything. I really, I really just kind of got into that. I got into the fact that if you if you look at the backgrounds of this game, there, there's just so much thought and detail that goes into what. So uh, that's where the thought and detail went to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. seriously. Uh, and it, it does an outstanding, outstanding job of what my, uh, good pals over at Easy Allies, check them out, um, would call context. They use that, that word context all the time for games. And, and, you know, basically all it means is like, you know, what is, what is the reason for these gameplay mechanics to exist? Like, why, why is this happening? Where where does this take place in the world? How does it fit in that fiction? And so I just really loved, and this is a small thing that probably shouldn't outweigh that other stuff, but you know, I just really loved like you look in the back in the background of a scene that let's say is taking place in a factory, and you would see like conveyor belts of things that are loading up trucks that are driving away. And of course it's all from the size perspective of you being this little six inch tall robot so you know that truck is huge that conveyor belt is huge um you know you'd you'd walk by this little uh like little chairs and things that are out in the middle of a field that's overgrown with grass and of course if you pay attention the whole plot is that these aliens have come and sort of infected all these machines and kind of taken over so if you look to the background you know those little aliens are popping their head up every now and then and as you get close they'll kind of run away and things like that so the charm of the game i guess is is the best way to put it and that just really won me over it just it just did and uh 
you know, I like even the even the whole thing with the with the candy snacks and seeing those. I, I know we mentioned those last time, but but that factored into the charm as well. And eventually, I would say by World Three, which is probably my favorite one, uh, I was I was actually excited to play the game, which for the first two worlds was simply not the case. Uh, you know, somewhere in the middle of I think maybe at the very start of World Two, I was like. I was like, uh, you know, should this be like the second modern game I've returned ever? You know, should I, should I just get the eight bucks or whatever GameStop will give me for it? But, um, but yeah, by World Three, uh, the World Three music was really, really good, and I discovered uh, a love of the music which I had not um, previously discovered. Uh, I started playing the game with headphones on for that reason. Um, and that helped a lot too. So, yeah, uh, it just it just kind of just kind of worked out, and and by the end, I was uh, I was glad to be playing the game. And take one guess at where I left off. <laughs> uh, beginning of World Two. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it sounds like that's the same hurdle, and maybe I need to push through, and I might enjoy it again because. Same thing happened with, uh, not Color Splash, but, um, Sticker Star. You know, I mean, there was a, a real bottleneck point for me that just really mm-hmm. s- was a big suck fest. And then when I got through that, I was actually like, hey, this game's pretty great. And you know what? Luigi's right. Mansion 2 had the same thing for me in terms mm-hmm. of handheld games. There was a part, actually, I think it was the second mansion that I just didn't really get very well. And then once I actually went back to it and got through it, the falling mansions were so great. Mm. So I guess That's some games just have this. That's good to know, as I think that that game might be on my probably sometime on my 2017 list. I'll I'll finally get around to Luigi's Mansion too. I would wholeheartedly uh, suggest it at this point. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, just a couple other things I want to rapid fire about this game. Uh, I did eventually get to the point. You know, it's been it's been discussed a lot about the level select and how it's in just completely insane that they have you do sort of a random wheel to get to the next level. Um, I, you know, what I found around the time of world two is that it's really just not that hard to make it land on the one that you want to go to. And so from level two through the end of the game, I never wound up. I would just go from level one to two to three to four to five to six and the boss just every, just every time. Um, and so it just, it never became an issue. It was stupid and it was a waste of time, but it didn't, you know, screw me the way that it might if I was constantly landing on levels I'd done before or I, anything like I that. I probably asked you this, but, uh, what's the real purpose? I mean, wh- wh- why would they include that into the, into the game? What value add is there? Right. So there isn't one. Um, there is, there is a, there is a reason to replay the levels in that. And this took me a little while to, to, pick up on at first as well did you ever get to where you can deliver the little alien baby little lost alien thing i think so that sounds familiar so every level has this station of it's like this totem pole pillar with eyes on it and uh if you when you play the level the first time that that will be there but you can't do anything with it when you replay the level somewhere in that vicinity will be a little lost alien child and you can pick them up and bring them to that station and then if you swing them around on your zip lash 
they will send a little UFO to pick them up and you have to shoot them at the UFO and whatever. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, which this is also kind of dumb, is that you just you have to replay every level at least once to get that to happen. The, the little alien baby doesn't appear until you're on your second playthrough of the level, which is kind of dumb. But so there is a reason to replay the levels, and it's not a good reason. No, well, it's not a very fun way to like because if if you were spinning that wheel and you're like oh i've replayed this level i have to do it and you go through and you're like oh what's this crazy alien i'll i'll rescue him oh i unlocked something um you know that's okay like that's a good thing but executed in a very stupid way you know yeah um to that point when you rescue them you have a random chance of getting either a new costume for chibi robo or just like some coins. Now this is this is not cool <laughs> because um, if I'm going to replay this level to rescue this alien, I want that new costume. I don't care about the coins. Uh, so the fact that it's random that is another just supremely stupid thing. Now well, that's how they get you to play it a third time. <laughs> well, what? So yes. And do you remember, um, so if you rescued any of these aliens, if you got a costume, you would also get one digit of a five-digit number. And what you can do is if you share that on Miiverse, right, let's say five people who have five different digits share them on Miiverse, then anyone, regardless of rescuing that alien, can input that number and get that costume. Okay. But it has to be through Miiverse? Well, no. I mean, you could just post it on game facts which everyone already did but you know yeah just share it in some way yeah they offer you to go straight to meverse um the problem is that's just annoying like that's like i understand they want to make sort of a forced social aspect pokemon style you know by getting people like trade numbers on the at the lunch table or something but I don't know, man. It just—it's just such an inconvenient way. Because I—I I thought about—I was like, okay, I'll actually try this out. So I actually went to Miiverse at one point, and it's like I can't find the other four, you know, digits for this thing. It's like the way Miiverse is constructed; it's not exactly the most like purpose-based uh, database of information. You know, it's like you just—you go there to just sort of see whatever you randomly see. It's very difficult to find specific information. Yeah. So, you know, like maybe, um, I, I don't know how else they maybe could have done it, but, uh, but this was not a, not a great execution of that. Now, are the costumes even very entertaining? Are they creative? They're, they're okay. Yeah, they're creative. I mean, like there's a Mario one, there's a Luigi one that I, I wasn't able to get. Um, a lot of them, a lot of them are funny for like, a split second like it, it it almost would have been better served as just like a gallery maybe because they actually play with it you know it doesn't really add anything but like there's one called double agent where you're dressed up as one of the aliens that you're fighting against um and you know there's no functional difference at all it's just a skin yeah um yeah there's one where you're dressed up as a dog there's one called pinkasaurus rex which is sort of like a barney takeoff kind of thing um, they're funny, but like I said, it's, it's, you know, it, nothing that really 
you're going to want to play the rest of the game like that. Um, I think a gallery of these different costumes would have, would have achieved the same effect, probably. <laughs> Something might be broken in a game when someone says, yeah, just look at the pictures. Of the pictures <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. It's like a slideshow. Yeah. I can't speak for everyone on that, but that, but for me, they, you know, they were entertaining, but it was just like a momentary, like, oh, that's, yeah, that's funny. Um, Do they have any like visual flair, or is it just literally like a piece of clothing on on the character? Yeah, just just a new skin. It'd be cool if like when you threw your if you were in the Mario one, maybe that's uh, uh, when you throw the you know your your plug. It'd be cool if like a little fireball followed it or something. Right, you know, things like that. Right, little right. flares. Yeah, that would have been intended. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing like that. Um, maybe on the sequel. <laughs> Poor Chibi Robo. <laughs> I feel like this could be the end for Chibi Robo. I feel like this was really talked about as like a last ditch effort, and I don't think it was received very well. Um, yeah. I don't know how well it sold, but uh, two final things. One is that uh, those snacks that you collect, it's it's cool that you you know you you bring them to a little toy in each stage, right? You find this little. So there is one one snack and one toy in each stage. Or is it- um, sorry. So there's, so there's one, oh, there's one or two snacks per stage, okay. And every stage has the probability, has the chance that there will be a portal that will take you to a toy, right? And that portal kind of moves around. One of those six worlds will have it at at all times. So you have hmm. to, and it will show you on the little world map. It'll show you where it is if you want to go back to it. Um. One toy will always be in that world. So there's six different toys to speak to in total. Um, and you give them the snacks that they ask for. Maybe you have the snack, maybe you don't. Uh, but the problem is they will stop asking for snacks after like four or five in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. So even if you have the next snack, they like they won't request it. You won't know until you finish the level, the portal moves, you play a level again, find them again, and then they'll ask for another batch, you know? And that is another thing that's just just a poor, poor choice. Because, like, right now, I have all the snacks. And I thought, I, I still plan to do this, you know, go through and deliver them all, just see what if anything happens when you deliver them all. Uh, but, like, it's kind of annoying that, like, I'm sitting there with the person I'm trying to deliver this stuff to, and they're just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, dude, I, I still got like 40 snacks to deliver. And they're like, nope, see you next time. So you got to find another world's uh, toy or something? or? Well, what will happen is I'll finish the level, and then on the map at the bottom, that little portal icon will move to another, you know, another stage, one through six. And then I'd have to go play that level and find them again. Hmm. Yeah. So, and then the last thing is the whole idea, which I, it sounds like I maybe mentioned last time, that the final level is locked, or the final world is locked behind an amiibo, which I have, but I don't have a new 3DS or little hockey puck uh, add-on. Well, do you got an e-reader? I think that'll do e-reader. it. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> I don't think you're being completely you can, genuine. No, hey, yeah. in Color Splash right now, you can take things and you can turn them into cards you use that in the e-reader, 
And then you can use Amiibo with e-readers. Seriously? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, don't know. You, you need to play some Color Splash. I, I would like to. Um, so, yeah, so it's just, it's just weird that, like, a lot of a lot of the shortcomings of this game are seem like a very uh, purposeful attempt to just pad the game in terms of time, right? Like, just basically waste your time in all sorts of ways. Uh, and the irony of the fact that the actual seventh level of content then is like removed, you know, like if they, if they had taken out all this other time wasty stuff and just put in the seventh level, then it would have just been seven levels of fun and it probably would have done better for the game. Cause whenever you're padding time, my worry is that they feel, you know, they're worried about one of two things. One, the consumer is going to feel, Oh, this wasn't worth the 40 bucks or that reviewers are going to say, Oh, the game's not very long because you know, in the, in the era of game reviews, it's like, if your game isn't at least eight hours of content, people are like, well, well you know, that's yeah. a major flaw, no matter, no matter what the gameplay is and, and how it might lend itself to that length of time. So it's just really a shame then that they felt, and maybe it has nothing to do with that, but for whatever reason they felt, you know, I, I need to pad this game with all this, you know, giving the player the runaround sort of stuff. Uh, which really soured a lot of people on it. And then they took, you know, a last whole world, which I would be interested in playing and made it difficult to get to, you know, it wouldn't be impossible from what I can tell. If I take the game, put it in someone else's system, scan the amiibo, it should be unlocked. And then I should be able to play it whenever. So I'll, I'll do that at some point, but so just, yeah, just so many flaws that I can really understand why it got in the way. But, for me, it was very strange, but I was able to, I don't know, I was able to just move past them, and 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 like I said, I wound up comfortable with the controls eventually, comfortable with what the game was asking me to do, and really able to just sort of relish in the aesthetics, and the sound, and the visuals, and the setting, and what they were trying to present character-wise and charm-wise, and that and it won me over. You know, I had no vested interest in enjoying this game. I was I was fully ready to uh, to send it to the big GameStop trade in in the sky, but uh, but it won me over. So there you go. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, I'll I'll try to go back to it myself at some point. But uh, there's a lot of things in front of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely understandable. Maybe next backlogist. <laughs> um, okay, so with that, I will move on to the other game that I've been playing, which yeah. is Yoshi's Woolly World. Um, and I don't have a ton to say about it. We're we're on World Three, and this is the first Yoshi game that I've ever owned. I never, I did not own the Super Nintendo one. I did not own the DS one. I did not own the 3DS one. Uh. I think there were some others along the way, but yeah, there was, yeah, maybe, yeah. So, but this is this is the first Yoshi game that I've ever been uh, motivated to to own, and uh, it's you know I'm not, I I won't even get into the the details as far as the gameplay and everything. I think most people are familiar with that, 
Um, I'll just just talk about the things that have stood out to me. Um, first of all, you know, I am enjoying the game. I'm playing it along with Amy, so we really we really don't play one player all that much. It's it's pretty much always two player co op the whole time. Um, and I will uh, circle back around to my feelings on that in a moment. But uh, similar to Chibi Robo, what's what's winning me over about this game is is the charm aspect to it, which I'm sure is, you know, if you're going to make a game about a yarn Yoshi, that, that's what you're banking on, I think, is the charm factor. Uh, but what I love the most is seeing the little Yoshis that get threaded together after each stage. So you go through the stage, and, you, and if you do all the collectibles, if you collect all the little yarn schemes that are hidden throughout the level, uh, you will get a new skin for Yoshi that you can swap to. And they all kind of have their own unique name uh, based on what they look like or, you know, referencing something from the level. And uh, it's just cute. It's just, it feels like, and they all kind of hang around on the world map, you know, after you unlock them, they just kind of sit there. And it feels like you're like rescuing this whole uh, species of Yoshis and like bringing them to life and then you can kind of take them through levels and and, and you can play. swap them on the fly which does make it feel more like a community you just yeah. walk up to one and you say tag me in you know exactly yeah and so our favorites at the moment like i said we're only on world three and our favorites at the moment are the wii one mm-hmm. and the wii u deluxe one okay so pretty much when we do two player we do we do those two. Oh, and Citrus Yoshi. Amy just reminded me I love Citrus Yoshi. Um, so we usually will do one of you know some combination of those three. Um, but I like the symmetry of having Wii and Wii U Yoshi in the same level. It's pretty sure. cool. Um, so that so we are enjoying the game. The one thing, getting back to the two player bit, uh. I really don't like the two-player mode. Remind me what that entails. And Amy's giving me a thumbs down right now. At me. Not a two-player mode, mode, but at me. Because Amy likes the two-player mode. I like social gaming. Yeah. (laughs) You just yell at the screen or something? How's that work? Um, She said social. Yes. Well, you know, she means... No, I know, I know. But I can't recall. I don't know if I've played it in that fashion. So what what is the two-player mode? So it's just it's just two Yoshis on the screen at the same time. And the nice thing is if one of you dies, uh as long as the other one lives, the the one who died will come right back. So it, it, you're almost invincible from that from that sense. Um and you can the the thing that uh the thing that kind of messes it up for me is that you can 100% interact with each other so like everything you do like you can't occupy the same space right like you kind of that's right yeah yeah. and if you you can bounce on each other like you can jump off each other's heads and reach higher levels easier but it also means that when you're trying to jump and like do careful platforming you get in each other's way constantly Uh, the game is a lot about exploring 
just in terms of, you know, there's a lot of hidden areas, you know, off to the sides of the platforms and things. And the game doesn't do a great job in terms of like the camera will follow whoever does the movement and just sort of leave the other person behind. And that's super annoying because if you get left behind, you go into a bubble and you float up towards the person who moves, but you also lose all your yarns when that happens. Uh, and it, that kind of thing just happens a lot. And then it sort of discourages the, the exploring. And then it becomes feeling like a three-legged race. You know, it's like instead of the two of you romping through this fun world, it's kind of like, okay, come on, let's go. All right, let's go over here. And you have to like plan every little movement because if you don't, you're just going to accidentally bump each other and die. You know, uh, a lot of the game involves tossing tossing yarn balls around the screen and everything and if you hit you can hit each other with those and you know when you do you kind of fall back a little bit so you can like knock each other off ledges accidentally and uh, i don't know what they were thinking i don't know why i don't i don't i don't get it you know i'm, re- I'm recalling this i actually have played that now or that or i've watched my nephews play but I, I definitely know what you're talking about and it's yeah essentially the super mario brothers method because yeah. you know you just get in each other's way and yeah it's fun to a point but it can be tricky to a fault and yoshi's Woolly world is pretty challenging i don't think it's yeah. some easy game you know you and i got to play uh kirby's epic yarn for a minute when i was uh visiting and mm-hmm. um and that definitely was a a cakewalk compared to Yoshi's Woolly World, which is really yeah. trying to amp it up for like a true, uh, you know, someone who's serious about gaming challenges. Right. Yeah. And we were surprised because, you know, obviously it's so easy to draw comparisons between Epic Yarn and Woolly World. They're, you know, to me, it's practically a one is practically a, like a sequel to the other. But, um, and playing the first world of Yoshi, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, another cakewalk kind of game. And that's and that's fine. I, I never play games for challenge. I, I like sort of the relaxing uh, aspect to it. Um, but then, yeah, things things ramp up pretty quickly. And like I said, we're only on world three, but it's really getting challenging uh, in, in a very fair feeling way. And it's, you know, it's a. Uh, for the most part, there it's fun. There was there was one level Amy was doing where she was bordering on throwing controllers, but um, but yeah, for the most part, it's good. And and so yes, we are discovering that the game definitely is uh, of that type where you know, there is supposed to be a, a real challenge to it. Uh, but so yeah, all that said, it's kind of getting in the way of the fact that we're trying to play this as a two player game. And personally, I just uh, I can't can't deal with it i love the game it's really good it's really fun but the two player i wish there was like do you remember in like nintendo days i feel like this kind of went away after the early couple generations but there used to be like a two-player mode a and mode b and mode a would would like have friendly fire and mode b would not or, or something like that you know yeah to some degree yeah yeah i think i feel like maybe Double Dragon maybe had that, and maybe Akari Warriors. I don't know. I'm probably butchering that. But um, anyway, I really, really, really wish that this game had something like that, where you could say, you know, have us both in the level, but basically have us uh, unable to interact with each other, right? So we could stand in the same spot and 
when we jumped, we wouldn't bump into each other. And when we threw yarn, we wouldn't hit each other. And things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where I'm at. Uh, like I said, you know, still a, a good portion of the game to go. So we'll see how, how that is. And I do think it's a very well made and, uh, as I said before, very charming game and, uh, gives me all the warm, good feels playing it. Uh, pun slightly intended. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll see. Much like pushing through Chibi Robo, we'll see how much this two-player thing sort of gets in the way. Um, yeah. I think that's all I have to say about it, unless you want to give me some feedback there. Yeah, don't really have feedback, uh, I guess. Okay. A uh, last comment, maybe? Uh, last comment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed the game. I didn't play it as a, as a twosome. Um, I think I just wouldn't have been able to handle trying to actually beat the game legitimately uh, with a second person mm. around. Uh, so I feel you on that, but yeah. I can see where it's still really fun, so I, I feel Amy on that, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually, Erica, she had a lot of fun with it uh, single player. So mm. her and I, neither of us wanted to actually just kind of lump our experiences together, but uh, I think... If you're enjoying it now, though, you're going to keep enjoying it. It will get harder, so mm. yeah, maybe I don't know uh, if you maybe maybe replay the game uh, on your own terms. Uh, you know, when she's not around or something, yeah. uh, go back in some old levels and experiencing them by yourself. But okay, but uh, what yeah. was uh, what were your preferred control methods? Um. It's rather different. Now. It's rather different using the gamepad compared to the uh, Wiimote. Yeah, I think I just use the gamepad the whole time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, because yeah, it it mirrors the screen on it, doesn't it? I guess so. I don't. I don't look, but yeah, no, I probably think it, does. I think it does because I think sometimes I would just play it on there too. But uh, yeah, I exclusively use the gamepad, and it was perfectly accessible. No, no, no complaints. How is it different with the Wii Remote? Well, you know how when you hit the button to throw your yarn, you get that kind of arc that kind of scrolls back and forth, mm-hmm. you know? And then you just kind of time it right for where you want to shoot. Uh, with the Wiimote, you actually have full control over that by tilting the Wii Remote. Oh, oh weird. So, and, you know, there's pros and cons to that. You know, obviously, you can you can move very quickly and go right for the angle you're looking for, but also it's kind of wildly out of control. You know, you're kind of... Um, you know, it's not it's not the most precise method in the world. So, uh, Amy's usually been using the Wiimote, and I've been using the gamepad. And uh, I I really wouldn't say that one has an advantage over the other. They're just it's just kind of a trade off. Either you're trading off speed for accuracy. That's basically all it is. I would say. Sure. So. Um. Yeah. I I found many times I was trying to do like flutter jumps that. Were prolonged while yes. aiming for things, and man, I don't uh, think I could do that with the uh, remote. Mm, that would be yeah, that would be very tough. Yeah, I could see that. Um, okay, so shall I move on to my third and final bit here? Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say before you do is just uh, okay. of all the Yoshi games that I've played, which is most of them, mm. um, this is hands down my favorite one. I think it's the best. Oh, one. nice. 
cool. You know, everyone talks about Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, as being the best. And it's a very good game, but I think that Wooly World outdoes it in pretty much every aspect. So Sweet. Props to that. Um, and so you completed the whole thing? 100%. All right. Do you see a Wooly World 2 in the future, maybe? Unfortunately, no. Oh, uh, yeah? You think it's I, just a one-off? Yeah, I don't think that they would keep this going for this franchise. They would think of something else to do. Sure. Um, and I think in the past, direct sequels, in that sense, haven't really worked. Because mm. um, I think, besides this one, the original is the best. Uh, but... Mm. Uh, you know, I would I wouldn't be opposed to it with all the rumors of Switch having all sorts of you know like Wii U, but with a bunch of extra stuff. You know, if they somehow expanded it, maybe that'd be kind of nice. But right. with a, with a 3DS version coming down the pipeline, and uh, I don't think that's that's in the cards. But I'd be I'd be more than happy to play more. But I don't think I think they would do something else. Maybe Clay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hard to imagine. Yeah, <laughs> what would who would do that? I don't know. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, what's what's your third and final? Third and final is that, uh, as I know, I told you because we were thinking of podcasting last night. But what ended up getting in the way is that I was attending a Pokemon Sun and Moon midnight release party, and that's when you picked up Styles, uh, or whatever those games are called. I'm sorry. Some sort of oh, you know, I get it. Girls, styles, something. I get it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to be there for the atmosphere, but I was really well. You know, just something else caught your eye, so you, yeah. know, you only brought enough cash for one game, so you picked the right one. I was really, you know, just to skip to the end of this story for a moment. You know, you're standing in line with your receipt, this big long line. I was, I really, <laughs> I was so tempted when to get up to the front and be like. Uh, yeah, could I just exchange this for something else? Is that cool? But, uh, yeah. Like a PSP game or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look around for a minute, if that's all right. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, so this is the first midnight release that I've attended. For, for anything, huh? Anything. Wow. Really. Well, no, that's not true. I guess I, I, well, Star Wars Episode Three. I think I did the midnight viewing to the first two really sold you yeah you yeah you really no i mean eh. yeah, they're fine movies but they're fine movies. um, um so, well then let me stop you right there what drove yes. you to actually get off the couch and out of the apartment right. and, and go right um uh, well uh very simply the uh the uh group the the pokemon student group at the school i've been working at this semester they had a organized sort of outing for this event. Um, and what they did was they had a, some tables set up with Pokemon Tournament and Super Smash Brothers for, no. The new one. The Wii U one. Okay. Smash 4. Uh, and, you know, and then they were just all going to be there, hanging out for several hours. You know, they, they were getting there around 8 o'clock, I think it said. And uh, so... Yeah, so I was like, you know, I just I've been looking for more reasons to hang out with these guys. Um, they're they're very good guys, a good group of people. Uh, they're way too into the competitive scene for my taste, which is why attending the uh, the the weekly meetings is is kind of is kind of had diminishing returns for me because mm -hmm. I just 
it's a whole other language, man. The way that they talk, and they can just they can just go f- endlessly, endlessly comparing move sets and the strengths and weaknesses of certain builds and stuff. So, but that's just that's just a whole other thing for me. So, but I I thought that in this scenario, you know, it'd be it'd be more sort of uh, about the new game and just hanging out at the mall and whatever. Look at the PSP games, you know, yeah, you had something else to do. Right, <laughs> right totally. So that's what that's what motivated me. Plus, I I did want to get the game. Um, so yeah, so there you go. So uh, so I get there. I got there around quarter to nine. I was a little bit a uh, little bit late, later than I wanted to be. And uh, so I had pre-ordered the game online earlier in the week, but I'd never done an online pre-order either. This was my first one of those, aside from say maybe like Amazon. This is my first like in-store pre-order. So what I'm used to doing is you go, you pre-order, you give them minimum five bucks or whatever it is, and then they give you the receipt right there, and then you just hang out with the receipt. So I got the you know email, but I didn't really, it didn't really say in the email about like, oh, make sure you bring this or a form of ID or anything. So I wasn't really sure what guaranteed me this game. So the very first thing I did was I went up to the counter and I was just like, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm in the system, whatever. And they pulled my name up and I paid and then they gave me my receipt and they wrote, uh, which game I had gotten on the top in marker, uh, along with a sticker for the group number. So they gave everyone group numbers. Okay. Uh, so I was group five, which meant that when they eventually, you know, at midnight, they would sort of sort everyone into groups and everyone from group one would get checked out first and then group two, etc. So group five, you know, it's not too bad. I was kind of in the middle. Ultimately, I think there was like 14 groups or something like that. Wow. And how many per group? Uh, I would say maybe a dozen or so. Wow. So a good, you know, 160 people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a lot of people there. Yeah, they said they got 500 pre-orders just at that one location. Now, obviously, not all of them were picking up at midnight, but but so that's yeah, that's a, that's that's a success, I would think. Uh, so I got my receipt. They also gave out a raffle ticket. They didn't say what it was for, so I just stuck it in my pocket. And I was like, you know what? I'm at the mall. I've already eaten dinner. I'm gonna get myself an ice cream cone. <laughs> so I can imagine you just like. Licking a vanilla ice cream cone in, with one hand, and then the other one you're just holding the game, just smiling yeah. with yeah. a balloon tied to your wrist. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, went and got myself a big ass ice cream cone, and I was just, uh, and and I was just so, so sitting, I was sitting eating this ice cream cone, and I was just sort of taking in the the atmosphere as it was emerging. This is still at like nine o'clock, let's say. Hmm. So people are still kind of showing up, and I start noticing like there's people in cosplay like there's an ash and there's a pikachu and there's trainers from gen 3 games and there's someone dressed as a substitute you know and like i was like wow like this is this is like a full-on geek extravaganza happening so suddenly like pokemon con formed around you yeah a little bit and i so i started i would go i went up to some of the people that i thought had the more intricate costumes and i would ask permission if i could take their picture and they said yes of course and i was you know introducing myself and just sort of chatting with them and stuff and um yeah it was generally a very good vibe 
I uh, on that note, by the way, do you know what is the difference between cosplay and someone who's in a costume? Is there a real <laughs> difference? Is is it just one is like based on anime Japan stuff, or is there actually like a philosophical difference that you're aware of? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, cosplay okay. is costume play, so right. I guess those in costume who aren't playing around maybe aren't cosplayers. They're serious. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. But uh, no, I mean, to me, they'd be the same thing. Okay. All right. That is just, that's just something that kind of cropped up when I was seeing this. So, uh, so after that, I sat with the group members from the school. Shout out to the Rochester Institute of Technology Pokemon Gaming Club. And uh, it was, you know, it 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 was kind of what it was in a lot of the weekly meetings, where like I was kind of there, and they're just going off about like you know theories for um different builds and move sets, and what are they going to do with this Pokemon, and who's been nerfed, and who's been uh, improved. You and... know, I don't know how anyone figures that stuff out so fast, but I like in Smash Brothers, every time a new Smash Brothers game comes out, within the day. Oh, this person's yeah. been nerfed in this way, and it's like, what? How do? You, where yeah. do you get that information from? It's the same thing with Pokemon. Like, how the? How do you figure out how they've balanced it? I guess without like actual meth- methodical, you know, testing of you know hitting them with this move at each time and seeing, you know, right. I don't know. It just blows my mind how these people do this. Well, I guess one thing had leaked, or a couple things. I, I don't know if they were pure leaks or if it was something that Nintendo officially let get out, but that you know that there was some information as far as just some game mechanics that were going to that we're going to change this time around. Um, and there are things that for us would probably be unnoticeable, such as uh, mega evolutions before. If you mega evolved your Pokemon, they would still retain their previous stats uh, just for that turn. Or maybe it was just the speed stat or something like that. Something would get retained from the original version just for that turn. Now, as soon as you mega evolve, you get the stat bonus, which makes all the sense in That's the world. exactly how I thought it worked. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. So, so there's that. There's another, um, there's this very popular build for Talonflame, the Pokemon Talonflame that you're mm-hmm. probably familiar with. Uh, it's hidden ability Gale Wings gives priority for all flying type moves, which is a big, big advantage. So they've kind of nerfed that in that, uh, now for Gale Wings to work, you have to be at 100% HP. Hmm. This is a very uh, deliberate tweak because the move Brave Bird is what people were really exploiting this with, and Brave Bird has recoil damage. So if you use it once, you're gonna you're gonna lose Gale Wings right off the right off the bat. So well, now you pr- tell me, <laughs> right? So that's actually a pretty sophisticated, I think, means of balancing that. But so so those are the things that they were kind of going on about, and then they're also. You know, I, I'm also just a, just a casual observer to the typical college-age social interactions that are going on that I just should not be participating in and I'm not trying to participate in. You know, they're just they're just young kids having fun. So I'm just kind of there being, being a mature adult, you know. So a lot of that's going on. Uh, I wore my Mario Kart professor shirt, which is, it's a, it's a, turtle in a blue shell and he's got glasses on and he's standing in front of a chalkboard talking to a turtle in a red shell and a green shell and on the board it's got like how 
red shells move and how green shells move and how blue shells move. And so this was this was my like I don't have a Pokemon shirt, so I thought I'll, I'll wear this because it's gaming, and you know since I'm the professor, I'll you know I'll wear this shirt. So I'm sitting there, and some dude comes up to me, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know that we were supposed to wear wear this shirt today." And he unzips his coat, and he's wearing <laughs> the same shirt. I was like, "Whoa!" Now this was this was not anyone from the group or anything. This is just some random guy. And so he said he asked to sit down next to me. I'm like, "Sure." So uh, you know, we were just kind of hanging out and uh, didn't really go anywhere. We didn't we didn't click so much, you know. <laughs> he had the one good line on. Huh? Yeah, not yeah, friend pretty material. Much. Pretty much, and uh, you know, we we talked about. Uh, what we do for a living and then it kind of fizzled out after that but so i'm just hanging out and uh the members of this of this group they have their own league in terms of uh you know they have like gym leaders right there's eight gym leaders in this school pokemon group and you can challenge them and you can win physical badges and i had yet to do any of these battles because i just felt so out of my depth but we were going to be there for several hours right as you may know, I have one six Pokemon team that is, as they might say, competitively trained. Mm-hmm. And they're all steel types. This is a holdover from the Nin Temple League that I kind of tried to get off the ground. I think it was last year, maybe the year before. One day. Yeah, I still, I have plans. One day. That is exactly it. So, so I have a steel type team, and the, the poison type gym leader was there. And I figure if anyone, I should have the advantage against him because uh, poison cannot affect steel types. So I was like, "Hey, you know, you wanna you wanna mop the floor with my team, and and I'll see if I can win a badge." And he's like, "Sure, of course." So it goes without saying that he demolished me. <laughs> uh, and it was just it was just hilarious. I mean, I I'm the type, thankfully, that I just you know I have a pretty good sense of humor about this stuff. I was just laughing even more than he was. But it was it was just hilarious how, you know, people certainly I think on like negative world, the fact that I'm always talking about Pokemon and playing Pokemon, they probably think that I'm some you know Pokemon master or whatever. Pokemaniac, right? And I am in the sense of enjoying the the the, the fiction and the all all that the games and everything, but but not in terms of competitive because what was so funny was I'd be I'd be doing moves, and every now and then he'd be like. So why that move? You know, <laughs> like, like, just uh, you know, basically, like, do you are you have you played Pokemon before? And he he was very diplomatic about like he literally, you know, he didn't ask if I'd played before, but he did literally ask like, so how familiar are you with the type charts? What and was how your they last work? bout with brain damage? <laughs> right. Um. So, and I was, I was just laughing. I was just like, dude, like I said, I don't, I can't fit all that information in my head. I can't even, I, I don't even know where you would start. And what, what's been interesting is talking to these guys in this, in this group. Many of them have only gotten into the competitive scene within the last, like, maximum 18 months, you know? So these are not kids who, like, grew up with the games and have been doing this for, 17 years this is just something a lot of them have gotten into recently but yet been able to pick up very quickly i think uh 
I think if you're of that age where, you know, you're just, you have the time, you're just watching YouTube videos, all your friends are doing it, you're playing Pokemon Showdown all the time, I can see how you'd be able to pick it up relatively quickly. But for me, not immersed in the culture in that way, it's just, I don't see it happening. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know how many times I use, uh, like, I forget what the app is called. Smogon? Oh. No, um, you know, let me, I'll pull it up here in just two seconds, but I, I use an app called Pokytype on my uh, phone for quick reference there, uh, but uh, I've Googled the Pokemon type chart so many times, even though oh, I yeah. kind of think I know what, what it is, but I, you know, it's just uh, hard to remember all that, I guess, and some, some people are built for it, some aren't, and uh, that's the limit of my my knowledge, really, uh, as far as, you know, what moves are good and all the theory and stuff behind it, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I can't do it either. Well, it's it's so weird. It's very interesting because it's great how like some of them make perfect sense, right? Like you set fire to a plant, it's gonna burn, right? But then some of them, it's like, what's the relationship between steel and fairies? You know, it's like, yeah. so yeah. But um, so he kicked my butt, and he was very gracious about it. And I'm sure we'll do a rematch at some point. Um, while we were playing, they uh, the GameStop people went around and, and gave out some swag, which was uh, a GameStop wristband. Not something I really need. <laughs> uh, and also, something that I, I didn't know where, where they got them. I see them a lot at like basketball games, like pro and college basketball games. It's. I think they're called thunder sticks. No, they're called basketball players. No, Stephen. Yeah. yeah, are they the ones that? They're inflatable. You... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of them, but I guess I don't know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, it's just like else. it's like two sticks, <laughs> but it's it's just an inflatable like a balloon, right? Like a beach ball, but in a column, you know. And they're about you know a foot and a half long each or something. So you get two of them, and if you bang them together, you know, they make a surprisingly loud, obnoxious sound. <laughs> and at what and, point in the night did they give these out? Yeah, they gave them out about, uh, I think it was about 10.30 at that oh, point. Oh, it's a little too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too, too, too soon. Especially because, like, many of them had been popped by by uh, midnight, you know. But, uh, man, I was just like, oh, oh, guys, Why? Why? It's such a pleasant evening. Why are you doing this? And of course, all the, you know, college age kids in this group, they just, they went nuts with them for about 15, 20 minutes. And they're using them as swords and everything and all these sort of so pseudo. LARPing all of a sudden? Yep. There was a little pseudo LARPing that broke out. Pseudo and I'm looking at. LARPing? <laughs> that would have been way better. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at. Well, another thing that was funny was they had security guards. You know, they had like four or five security guards on hand for this event. And basically their job was just to stand sort of at the perimeter and just sort of stare at us the whole time. So it was, it was really kind of funny because, you know, it's like you have all these Pokemon nerds that are just like, you know, having this good, clean fun. But then there's, there's these, you know, four or five mall cops that are just like, well, this was, um, a GameStop, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. In a mall. In a mall. Yeah, but still, if it's a GameStop, those were just GameStop employees that are trying to make Nintendo players uh, feel bad about playing Nintendo. 
Uh, it's just intimidation uh, tactics. Yeah. So you buy uh, their Game Informer magazine. I get it. It's like voter suppression, but it's like yeah, yeah, Nintendo suppression. But okay. yeah, exactly. Well, that makes sense now. So I felt I felt for them as as their evening as these noisemakers made their evening. I think that much less enjoyable. You know, I was like. I was trying to put myself in their shoes. I'm like, oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. You should have gave out earplugs first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so then I just sort of hung out from like 11 to 12. All the other, all the people in the group were, were a Twitter. They were all high energy and they were all sort of like in their own world. And they all kind of forgot about their old fuddy-duddy professor. So, <laughs> so I just I just started doing some uh, some battle maze zone stuff in uh, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of playing, and I'm 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 counting the minutes down to uh, to midnight, and somewhere around eleven forty, they're like, okay, you know, everyone, everyone who's got a thing uh, a receipt, you know, let's get in line, get in your groups. And uh, they started using a megaphone to sort of like announce to people where to go and everything. And so, you know, so basically everyone just stands up and, you know, there's this mass uh, migration towards the <laughs> towards the front of the store. Yep, yep, been and, there. Yeah, yeah. And so a little bit of chaos ensued. So the, the um, there was a girl in front of me with her group of friends. And when she stood up, like, her 3DS and her phone and everything that was in her pockets just fell on the floor and just kind of went everywhere. And and luckily nothing broke, but you know, her and her friends are kind of picking up their, her stuff and, you know, hurriedly putting it back in her pocket. So we're walking towards the, the, where the line starts and I didn't see it fall out of her pocket. Cause this was a good 30 feet later, but I found a receipt for, for someone's copy of the game on the ground. Hmm. And I was like, "Oh, this is you know, this is very important to someone's evening because, uh, <laughs> as far as I know, this is the only way that you, that you get the game." I had a suspicion it was hers because I'd just seen a bunch of stuff fall out of her pockets. But um, so, I was, but I, I wanted to like look at the receipt and and like try to find like a name because I didn't want to just go up to this stranger and be like, "Hey, did you drop this thing that gets you a free copy of this game?" Uh, you know, I don't know this person. I don't know if they would just be like, oh, yeah, that's mine. That's the right way to go. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, but I was staring. I couldn't find a name. I was staring at it for like five minutes. and I didn't want too much time to go by. You know, I didn't want to be a total weirdo about it. So I just tapped her on the shoulder. I was like, hey, you know, I can't, I can't find a name or anything on this, but I saw a bunch of stuff fell out of your pocket. I don't know if this might have been yours. And so she was looking it over and she was like checking in her pocket and she couldn't find her receipt. And and then she was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, right here." And it did have a name on it. So, uh, so she's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's me right there." And I was like, "Oh okay." And the weird thing was, she didn't even say thank you. <laughs> like, that's that's what kind of struck me about this interaction it was just, it's like, I don't know if she was embarrassed or or just weirded out or part by, of Team Rocket, and that's just how they are. Could have been part of Team Rocket. Yeah. But like, yeah, just like, not even a thank you. I I don't know. And then I just was like, okay. And then I just walked away. And uh, so the next thing that happens is the raffles. We're standing in line, and they're doing the raffles. And they they had they gave away 
you know, probably a good dozen or so of these little prizes. Uh, it was all the same prize, and it was not the greatest prize in the world, but it, what it was was a little pack of, uh, you would get three wristbands and three lanyards, mm-hmm. and they each had, they each came in red, yellow, and blue, and they each said either Team Mystic, Team Instinct, or Team Valor. Okay. So it was kind of cool, you know? And, uh, so a lot of people, obviously, if you're, if you care about that sort of thing, you're only on one team. You're not going to wear the, the, the colors of, of another team. So a lot of people were sort of trading in line with their friends, right? Like, oh, is anyone here on? Yeah. Yeah, right. So even though like 12 people won, really like, you know, 40 people won because they, they were giving them out. So (laughs) this, that same girl, I was, uh, I was in line. I happened to just be in line behind one of her friends. So she pops out of her spot in the line and goes up to her friend and is like, Hey, do you want any of these? Cause I only need, I only want team valor. And, uh, the guy was like, yeah, okay. And again, it's like, I'm like right there. And she sees me. Didn't even offer, <laughs> did not offer. She's trying to get rid of stuff. Did not even offer. So whatever. Okay, fine. Maybe it's my face. Fine. No problem. Some people just don't necessarily think of others. And, uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, I mean, yeah, you could say that she was handing those out. But, uh, you know, she's probably just following the crowd. You know. Yeah. Monkey yeah, see, yeah. monkey do, right? Yeah. So anyway. So they did say, for those who didn't win, you know, don't fret. Everyone gets a free poster. So that was kind of cool. Did they say don't fret? No, they didn't uh, say that. <laughs> it was more like... <laughs> you know, in these kind of settings, you know, humanity does typically does not show their most gracious. So, like, you know, every time, every time they announce the winner, instead of cheering for them, it's like one person is happy, and then there's 160 people that are like, oh, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah. So when they called the last number, the whole the whole room was like, I didn't win, you know. And then so they're yeah. like, hey, you know, we got posters. So, uh. Yeah, it was really a very seamless process. I, uh, you know, they had us in our groups. We go up. They look at your receipt. They look at the, the game. They hand you the game. They hand you the poster. You get the hell out of there. Um, it was kind of neat. The first, the first guy who got the first copy of this location, you know, everyone was like ooing and eyeing at him as he walked out of the store. <laughs> oh and, everything, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it was, you know, it was fun. It was a fun, fun little thing. So. Uh, so then I, I wanted to peace out because I, it took about 15 minutes to actually get even just halfway through the line. So, and I had to teach a class at, uh, nine this morning, which is not very early, but I, you know, I need my sleep. And I I did want to play the game for a little while. I wanted to play for like an hour before bed or something. So I, I got out of there. I said my goodbyes to the, the, the Pokemon group, the people that I'd been interacting with that evening and. Took a picture of a giant stuffed Piplup for Amy. Hmm. Um, and uh, so we go to leave, and several of us start heading towards where we parked, only to find those exits have been locked for the evening. How nice of them. <laughs> yeah. So now it's sort of like this game of like lemmings where there's, there's these, all these pockets of people at the various exits, and they just like don't know where to go. Because it's kind of cold out, you know, at 12.30 in the morning now. 
and no one really wanted to walk like all the way around this mall to get to their car. So we're all kind of like, you know, filtering, through, you know, we're all trying different exits and sort of reporting back like, no, this one's locked, this one's locked. So finally, I wind up at one end of the mall, which is not too far from where I parked. And that guy who was wearing the same T-shirt as me has the bright idea. You know, there's always a like an employee exit, like straight from the mall. Like you don't have to go through any of the stores, you know? Yeah. Uh, but typically that's a part of the mall that like no one ventures into because it's all kind of looks like a subway. And... It's the dark abyss, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I don't see any fire exit signs on this door. I'm going to try it. So he goes up, he tries it, it opens. Now that's half the battle. He's still got to get outside. So he, he finds another door, doesn't say fire exit. So it worked. We hmm. got out. So same t-shirt guy to the rescue so that was pretty cool and so uh yeah i made sure to thank him at that point it was me him and the guy that i had lost to in the gym battle that were walking out and he had his coat zipped up again so i said to the guy that i lost in gym battle to i was like oh did you not get the memo about wearing this shirt tonight and then i looked at the guy and he unzipped his jacket and he was like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) no i did not you weirdo no i did not so, uh, and that's it. You know, I played, I played for a couple hours. I will save my, uh, initial reactions for the next podcast, but, uh, that was my midnight release party experience for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Wow. Well, mine, uh, was a little bit different. Okay. Um, so I got an email on Wednesday that Amazon said that my payment choice was bunk. What? So I went back to Amazon later that day when I got home and chose the same damn one. <laughs> yeah. And then that stupid delay, because there was nothing wrong with my payment, that stupid delay now means that I won't get the game till Monday instead of playing. Oh, uh, so no. My midnight launch was uh, sleeping. Yikes. Um, All the good Pokemon will be caught by Monday. Yeah. I mean, there might be a drowsy <laughs> left. You know, Maybe. But, uh Yeah. So that was it was actually really disappointing. I almost thought that I maybe I should go, you know, complain to Amazon uh, right. tonight because it'd be one thing if if there was truly a, a payment problem. But I pre-ordered this back in February and wow. um I know for a fa- like I've I've had I I don't even know how many times it's happened and it's not that I'm really negligent with my credit cards or anything but like my uh my cards have had a few breaches and right, yep. um one of them actually happened at work and it hit all of us. Like it was a big old thing. But, uh, so I've, I've changed a couple of my cards, but this particular card, and I don't have that many or anything, but this card I guarantee has not changed. Mm. So I have no idea why I went and double checked to make sure that, you know, someone didn't like drain my bank account or something, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. something worse had happened. And no, it was all, all fine. So I, I, I even looked before I picked a new payment and it had the same digits of my card. I was like, I don't know what happened, you know, but, uh, okay. you know, I guess this is payback for me getting such a good deal on the Amiibo, but, yep. um, but yeah, so that was a bummer. Although I guess the silver lining is that when I looked at it earlier today, it said Tuesday and then I got the notice shortly before we're recording this and it said that it shipped and then it'll be here Monday. Okay. So that's not too bad. I just want it for the Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Cause I've got many days off. I'm not going to work on Monday, so the Monday after the holiday. So I got a five day weekend 
I think. Uh, yeah, five-day weekend, you know, planned. And uh, some of that will be traveling uh, out of state, but at least I want that Pokemon with me. And um, and you're going to need something to retreat to when politics comes up over the dinner table at Thanksgiving. Yeah, at my household, well, no, actually at my household, it'll there. there's possibility for some uh, opposing views. But yeah. um, when I go out of state, there definitely could be. I, I don't think that would be wise. Um, I will certainly be in the minority in that household. Um, I see. But uh, and actually, it's not even that I have a problem with opposing views at all. I mean, I'm very inclusive on on. Di- oh, you know, oh, oh, we know all about you. Whether it's <laughs> whether it's American politics or not, but um, I'm I'm just not very good at arguing my points. Though I don't like debates very much. So, I mean, they were fun to watch uh, this past political season. But uh, I mean, so, most people I don't think agree with that. But uh, yeah, I'm just not very good at you know arguing my point, even if I feel strongly yeah. about it or, or have a lot of facts. I'm just not good at articulating it all. Me neither. So, um, so you and I have had some very good conversations. So I think it it also depends on um, you know you goes I, both ways. You and I are very much the same person when it comes to the way we are open to to views. Um, but you you know, it's just, I, don't, I think that we're just compatible that way. But uh, yeah. uh, the only thing we're missing is we the, should do a podcast. Is the together. shirt? Yeah. I need to get that shirt of yours, though. Which shirt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so it will be nice to be able to retreat to that and uh, if I get oh. the chance. And, you know, the one thing I'm a little disappointed in, though, is I was trying to look on, into it today that they still haven't updated. I thought it was going to come with the release, but they haven't updated the Pokemon Bank to allow, well, one, to allow Pokemon Sun and Moon, but to allow uh, Pokemon Red, Red Blue, and Yellow. Yeah. I've been waiting patiently, you know, working on my living decks. I want to transfer those guys over. And, has. and I've got to wait till January, I think, is what I read. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what the latest news was. But it was it was a while ago. Um, but yeah, the Pokemon website still has the same old crap. I don't know what would take them so long that they'd have to delay. Is it. that for only Red, Blue, Yellow, or also for Sun and Moon? I think for both. But oh. you know, I mean, when when you get a chance, try it. See if it'll let you. Because um, I thought it was for both, but it definitely would be for the uh, downloadable Virtual Console games. And um, so that's a bit of a bummer, but uh, whatever. I'm still waiting for someday. Someday, what they need to do is figure out a way to have to allow you to bring Pokemon to the start of your journey without having it break the game entirely. You know, like maybe they start over at level one, like they don't de-evolve, but they, you know, they're weak again or something. Well, because to me, it's always weird. It's sort of like the uh, you know, the Samus losing her powers before every mission. It's like, I, if I'm supposed to be like me in this Pokemon world, why, you know, and if it's all about journeying with these, these little friends of yours, like, why, why did they go away? Why did they leave me? Yeah. So I guess one way they could do that is if just, you know, there's a mutual agreement to just strip it down to level one. Um, whatever its base stats are, it keeps those, but like, right. you know, you just, you just lose all the effort they've put into it. I mean, I don't see why they couldn't just reset the Pokemon yeah. unless the Pokemon itself doesn't remember that it doesn't, ret- maybe it doesn't retain some of that information after you've modified it. You know, I don't know how that data is handled exactly, right. but, um, yeah, I mean, it would be cool to be able to select your own starting six, I suppose, you know, especially since they don't, uh. Every game is so different as far as what roster is available. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's sort of the point, too. They probably want to push that. And yeah, they too. do. 
they do. On a future episode, we'll have to talk about uh, the prospects of a Pokemon Stars. So that is a oh, new rumor. Yes, to it be is hitting, indeed. Uh, and I, I've I've heard some other uh, podcasting communities uh, talk about it already, and um, I think it's a little maybe a little premature to even speculate because there's Seems really nothing about. Yeah. But the idea that there'd be a Pokemon... I mean, how, how confirmed is it that this is happening or that it's going by that name or what? Um, I don't think at all. I don't, okay. I don't, I'm not even sure where the rumor started, but I just saw it picked up okay. by multiple sources, so... Yeah. Um, not that that necessarily even legitimately... No, surprises, of course not, yeah. But, uh... We all know the Nintendo Switch is not shaped like a big oval with, uh... You know, whatever. Do you remember that when that when that circulated yeah. supposedly the weird football thing, the yeah, Harold yeah, yeah. head. Yep, yep, yep. Which man, that was especially looking at it, at it now since we've seen it. That was such a horrible design, but it was yes. it was an okay uh, mock up, sure. I suppose. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, we could talk about that another time. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, honestly, that direct will be vastly approaching. Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. but um, so. but awesome, man. I'm glad you had a fun time. Uh, yeah, a very uh, a very eventful time. It sounds like. I mean, for yeah. what really was only about two and a half hours, or no, no, you got there nine at thirty. Okay, yeah, it's still maybe three hours three, total. Three-ish, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for three hours, you had quite a bit of. Uh, you, yeah. you made friends. You made enemies. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's the Pokemon way, right? Yeah. You no, build. it was good. It was good, and the and the community was good. Everyone was everyone was really cool. I, I feel like I, you know, if I'd been brave enough, and I did introduce myself to several people, but. Um, you know, I feel like there wasn't anyone there that would have really, you know, that would have uh, been like, leave me alone or anything like that. You know, there was actually uh, at one point, probably around 1130, the girl who was dressed up as Pikachu just started yelling, free hugs, and was just going around hugging anyone. Hmm. <laughs> I think only three people took her up on it because it was a bit, it was a bit random, but yeah. um, and she was yelling pretty aggressively about the free hugs, but uh, I guess it depends on how smelly that Pikachu costume was. <laughs> yep, but uh, yeah, it was cool. I would definitely, you know, I don't think I would do it for something other than like a Pokemon or whatever else that I might be this into. Maybe like a, I don't know, maybe like a if they release a new Dragon Quest or something like that. But um, anyway, yeah, so good times. Uh, what did you want to move on to next? I mean, I can talk about what I've been playing. Uh, not n- nearly as exciting as your stuff, perhaps. But, um, uh, you know, let's talk about Paper Mario Color Splash some more. Let's do that. I've enjoyed playing that in, in some good long sessions. And uh, that game is... I, I mean, I talked about it quite a bit in the last podcast. So I won't... I guess I'll try not to retread, but... Uh, the game's got a lot of content. I feel like it does. I don't know how many hours I've been playing. I should have looked that up beforehand, but there's so many levels, and I still have so much of the game untapped already, but I've gone through so much, and I've colored in so many spaces, and there's still so many to find. It's, it's just nuts how much content's in this game. I really feel like it's a good value, uh-huh. uh, which is nice, because I feel like many games this year that Nintendo has provided me may not have had that. Okay. Uh, and and that's not to say that many haven't, but this is definitely one in the win column. And uh, it's, you know, we were talking in the last episode about how Paper Mario has changed. And this game helps continue my good vibe against how it's changed. 
I mean, I sh- sure, I would like a Super Mario RPG 2, or, or something in the same kind of vein. It's not Mario and Luigi. That's another rumor, right? <sighs> well, that's Just, always a rumor. That's been a rumor. Yeah, I guess so. Since, like, the N64, I'm sure. But, yeah. uh, but no, was there a new rumor about that? Yeah, a friend of mine sent me a message. Insane rumor. Said it was, there was gonna be a Super Mario RPG crossover with the Rabbids. Remember the Rabbids? Oh, that would be horrible. Yeah, this, this seems like a troll rumor. I'm, I'm not on the Rabbid, I'm not Rabbid for the Rabbids, that's for sure. No, they, their time came and went, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, what was I saying? Um, a lot of content. A lot of content. Uh, yeah, it's just been very fun. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much of... Because it's been very enjoyable to go from stage to stage and to find almost these little mini stories. There's there's so many... Like Mario, you know, Mario. the whole point of the game is Mario is trying to rescue the big paint stars. And to do that, you find the mini stars, which your paint can buddy can smell out. And more or less every level has at least one, but there's up to three in some levels. And whenever you get a paint star, that also opens up a a pathway from your stage to another one. So it's it's a very Super Mario World, you know, style integrated uh, map where everything's kind of linked together. And um, uh, which is good to yeah. have that context linking well, them together. Well, it's it's fun because you never know what direction something's going to take you. And I've I've beaten the third boss now, and um, I'll get into those in a sec, but. I've beaten the third boss, so I've got my third star, and there's six stars, so I'm sure that there's six, you know, more or less. Although, well, the bosses would have me believe that maybe there's actually more than that, but uh, but still, I, I'm, I may be through about a third of the, or half the game, I'm sorry. And I still feel like there's so many areas I haven't even seen yet, and directions I haven't gone, but I, I have feelers out, so to speak, in terms of, like, directional paths that are, are not fulfilled yet. Okay. Um, in multiple directions, so you're constantly kind of switching around. It's not that you're retreading because it's just a map, but you're bouncing in this one area, like just like a desert area or something, and then you end up having to go into this uh, gloomy area that's more swampish and stuff like that. And then you have to go back to the desert area, so it's not just strictly linear or anything. And I, I do appreciate that. Um, I have found that, you know, I, I found enjoyment in finding these uh, items that I can squeeze and turn into cards. Like the joke I was making earlier today, and mm-hmm. um, but I did find that in one boss battle, I didn't have the item, even though there is a toad in town that'll tell you whatever the next item you need is, uh, and I kind of had a hunch, but I didn't go get it. I didn't, you know, I didn't know when I was going to need it, and most of the times when you need an item, it's just because there's a uh, there's a toad stuck in a pipe, so what can get him out a plunger? So you got to go find the plunger, okay. but it's not an that urgent thing. Fun. But the fact that I needed this item to actually beat the boss, and there's no way to beat them without it, that was a pain in the ass. And that was one of the things I hated most about Sticker Star. Okay. So it does think that that happens. But I guess if you're just diligent about making sure that you have the next item uh, that the Toad suggests, then you're probably okay. Yeah, how does the game let you know? Like, it, Would it be possible for a player to be at a boss and just not even know what they need and just be frustrated oh absolutely i mean if i didn't ask the toad in the first place i wouldn't have known before that boss and so when i well well okay yeah so you you may not know going in but once you lose it did kind of say hey if only you knew how to do this Uh or or if only you could have done this to them maybe you would have won 
And um, and that's what that would have been a clue on what I was looking for. But man, if you didn't ask the toad of where that item was, and the item's balloons, I'll I'll, just, I'll say that the item was balloons. And if you didn't ask the toad where that was, you wouldn't necessarily have seen that. I mean, I I, I guess I saw, but I never picked up that it was even an item that I could have grabbed. It didn't click in my head when I first okay. passed it, and so I, that's why I didn't grab it the, the first time. And you can only get it in this one area, at least until you first get it. So it's a little it's a little annoying, but I haven't used a guide or anything to find out. They do a, a lot of things to make sure that you have your hints if you need them. So I guess to sum that up, you can encounter situations like that, but there are ways to mitigate it. And if you do encounter it, they make sure that you kind of have a good hint so you don't have to do it again. Okay. So uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's okay, I guess. It's, just, it's still a little annoying, but um, mm. uh, but that boss battle was really fun, though. And there was a new okay. item, a new card, a new item that um, they introduced in that level. And then it ends up becoming integral to the boss battle itself in a new mm-hmm. way. So, uh, so yeah, it's been very fun. The the writing and the style and the the way that the characters interact with you has been really great, and that's been a joy to experience. The levels have varied pretty greatly, which I also really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, where do I begin? There's, uh, the, I was inside a temple. I was inside a cave. I was at the port. Uh, there's a mansion that's actually pretty creative. There's a, a water gardens um, near the mansion. There's a whole voyage at sea section that I just got through. Um, and uh, there's some sort of train that I have to kind of help out next. I'm guessing that'll take me somewhere. Uh, I think there's a volcano section. I mean, there's just so much stuff. And, yeah. I mean, a lot of it might be, you know, people might dismiss as just being retread in, in the Mario universe, but it's, I mean, pretty much every type of environment except for ice uh, I've seen so far. And it's all done very well and very cool and, uh, and very enjoyable. So the game has been great. Awesome. The music's great. Uh, I'm, I'm less annoyed with the whole card mechanic in terms of pick color flick. Like I, it, it's muscle memory now. So it's a bit quicker to get through those menus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I'm pretty convinced, although I guess I haven't done enough research, but I'm pretty sure that if, say, I, like right now I have three card slots per move. So when it's my turn to attack, I can now attack three times, which is very helpful, especially when you have a lot of enemies on screen. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, you're not sure if this one move is going to take out the guy, so you, you don't want to get hit and lose your health, so you throw in a second card, but then you don't use it. I'm pretty sure you lose that card, which is a okay. real, real dumb thing. I don't right. know. So there's like a risk involved in how you have to strategize. Yeah, basically. But it's just kind of a bummer because it means I either have to take a health hit or waste a card just to cover myself. And then I really don't want to use the big cards because I wouldn't, I I would never want to use those big item cards second or third because I wouldn't want to lose it and not even use it. But if I use it first, do I put extra cards down? Or do I hope that this special move, which I really don't know how much damage it'll do, uh, you know, can I guarantee that it's going to take them all out or not? So, uh, but the enemies have been switching it up too. Um, there was a time where suddenly uh, a shy guy had like a metal coating on him and none of my attacks were really working. And so I had what I needed to, to get past them. And I think the game did hint me eventually, even though I kind of figured it out before they did. But uh, they kind of give you a clue after you attack them unsuccessfully a few times. So um, the game's changing, kind of ever-changing. And uh, uh, for that, it's it's felt very fresh every step of the way. Cool. Yeah. 
So I'm enjoying that. I'm, I'm definitely looking to 100% it. We'll see if I have the energy for that, but I, I did go back uh, the other night and try to color in some stages that I had missing. And it's it's a bummer to go through and think you've got everything. You must be good now. And then be missing one or two. Mm-hmm. And they don't tell you exactly how many. They go by percentage. So if you hit 99%, then yeah, there's one more spot. But if you hit 97, you know, I don't know if that means that there's still only, only one or what. But um, but yeah, so it's been very cool. Every couple of levels is just a whole like completely different uh, viewpoint for the game and, and style and scene. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it's it's fantastic. Well, Jay- and walk me through again before you move on too much. So what like when you're looking for that last percent, what is the process like? Oh, I just go back. I just go back into the stage and pretty much try to keep my eyes peeled for a white spot okay. that isn't colored and okay. uh, and just try to go through every section of it again. Okay. Which is a bit lame in some, some aspects, but it, it it is fun trying to hunt them down, but it's only fun to go back in like one more time. So mm. if you if one's really kind of awkward, I can see that getting frustrating. I don't know if it exists in this game, but I think what would be best is if you when you beat the game or something, there's some sort of special event that happens that allows you to when you go back in you either get some sort of notice that hey there's there's a spot nearby or yeah. maybe they glow a little bit or something like that yeah. that'd be fun that'd because be cool. i don't want this to be a game where that's just tedious. lingering yeah and then i'm just yeah. because of some really stupid thing i mean there are certain spots that really don't look like they're just that they're not colored in but they they aren't uh-huh. Uh-huh. um and but but at the same time it's very gratifying when you're trying to look for that and then you find that one spot you're like oh I can't believe I missed it the whole time, sure. So it's it's a give and take there. Mm. But I don't know, like I said, I don't know if that's in the game or not. If that functionality is there, but if not, I think it's a missed opportunity. Right. But, uh, but very fun. Uh, I think uh, J.K. Ricky needs to uh, needs to buy it. He's been uh, toying with the idea for. Uh, for many weeks now, it seems like. So he's probably busy with the new release of that movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, well, tonight perhaps, yeah. But then, what's he going to do tomorrow? I, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, so very fun. Uh, probably the last I'll speak on the game for a little while uh, until I beat it or something. But uh, been trying to dedicate some some good sessions with it, and not not just like one level, but try to get through chunks of it. Because it is gratifying to play kind of strings of uh, of the story and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of divided up in a bite-sized way. But it, to me, it's not a game that you take bite-size. It wouldn't be sure. a game where I'd want to play one level and then close my 3DS if it was a 3DS game. Right, so. right. Well, yeah, I... Man, I don't... I don't know if I'm going to try to put this on our Christmas list. See, we, we need a new computer. And so that's kind of eating up, like... So I feel bad asking for too much more than that. But I do want to get this game in the not too distant future. So maybe if not at Christmas, maybe, you know, maybe sometime in the new year. Cause I just, I think this would be the kind of game that, uh, that Amy and I would really enjoy. Um, cause there's a lot of toads, right? Oh my gosh. There's nothing but toads. Oh my God. Amy's going to freak out. <laughs> Yeah, so this was a criticism that actually a lot of people had, that there's too many toads, which oh, I know goodness. she could never feel that no. way, I'm sure. No. But um, but yeah, I mean, 
past games in the in the franchise have had lots of colorful characters that we've never seen before or since, and they've just been creative and fun. But here, some version of a Toad pretty much takes up all of those kind of roles. Mm-hmm. And, that, yeah, I can see that being as boring, because uh, you only have so many colors, and then you just see a bunch of Toads. And um, But at the same time, the Toads do have different personalities at times, and uh, it's still it's still pretty fun and funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that they make some of them unique is enjoyable. There's like a pirate toad who uh, who's kind of leading that, that seafaring uh, expedition. And then there's um, there's like the... Uh, I can't remember what the heck they're called. But they're pretty much different colored toads are different uh, brigades of rescue toads. I think it's Rescue Squad is what it is. Uh, Nintendo had a push for advertising with those things, uh, those groups, I think shortly before the game came out. But they've got those, and they all have their own kind of superhero-esque uh, determination to help anyone in uh, in this world. Mm-hmm. And then you've got other toads that are insecure, other toads that are uh, shopkeepers, and they all just kind of seem a little different. So it hasn't been too bad. And when you uh, when you color a toad, because a lot of toads have been sucked of their color, and that's why they they're kind of they are spots that you can reveal. And when you color them in, of course, there's some sort of comments, or maybe they're part of the level that in a more important way. But uh, you know, they're different colors and stuff. So I mean, at least it keeps you on your toes. Not it's not all just red toads. That would be boring as hell. Right. All right. So, right. There is some personality there. Yeah, I think that yeah. sounds cool. It doesn't necessarily replace, you know. Uh, Bombette or whatever the heck kind of characters were in the past games, but uh, but you know it's not as bad as it sounds. Uh-huh. But maybe I'm just maybe I just don't care enough. But <laughs> but yeah, it's highly recommended. Um, unless there's anything else for you to to ask, I think I'll move on to my other game I've been playing. Uh-huh. Uh, so my birthday was earlier this week, and happy birthday! Well, thank you, thank you. And um, and so I've been complaining to Eric a little bit because I again just like you you know you don't necessarily want to spend money on video games when you want to try to save up for other things or uh, you just got other things to spend your money on and so I didn't want to spend thirty dollars to buy Bacross 3D Round Two but I really want it because I love the Bacross series I love the 2D and the 3D and like they're just my favorite games I love just sticking my mind into those puzzles all right I know you do and. Uh, so she totally surprised me with a uh, gift card, an eShop card, that helped get me most of the way, and uh, and I had some money already on my account, so it made it pretty easy to just finally bite the bullet, awesome. and uh, and so I've, I'm through like the first seventy puzzles or something, and I get oh yeah hell I when did I get it I guess it was it was last weekend so I've had it almost a week and I'm uh-huh. maybe I'm through half the puzzles I don't know how many are in there, but I'm through quite a bit of them. Uh, but they're just great. I mean, it's it is Pacross 3D as you knew it from, you know, if you ever played <laughs> the it. Title, and, yeah. Uh, so any anyone who's a fan of it, it's definitely more the same. It controls very well, very clearly. Uh, I feel like there's a few more aspects. Like I can't recall how well you could paint squares in the first one without actually marking them. Like just sh- saying like, hey, this row has to be orange. And uh, okay. actually, I don't even know if the other game had. Orange and blue. I'm trying to think now. I mean, the general mechanics the same, but in this game, so you get a, a a giant cube made of little cubes, and you chisel away at it, 
You know, as if you had a chisel, you just chip away. Hey, this square doesn't exist. This one shouldn't exist either. And you do that by using numbers, but you also use colored numbers. And it's not just simply like this row has three, this row has five, but this row might have three blue and five orange. And uh, the three are not all in a row, but the five are, and there's 11 p items in this row. So how the hell do you figure that out? You know, and you pretty much just go back and forth, scanning over the puzzle, chipping away at it little by little and flagging certain things. And then eventually you reveal some image underneath because it's not just like random. It is, uh, you know, some fun little image, uh, like a hammer or uh, a merry-go-round horse. Um, and then they have a little bit of text about the item or whatever. That's completely pointless for me, but it would be good for, you know, young players who are maybe learning about items in their world, you know, who knows? Uh -huh. um, the game, uh, or, you know, let me go back on the color thing really quick. Um, so, the orange and blue, again, I don't recall if they had them split last time, but the orange and blue are, are interesting because they also help clue in what the image is going to be, and you can kind of do some deduction just by knowing which ones are blue and why. But like a blue square means the square stays a square when you fill it in. Because when you get a whole row, they transfer into, or they transform into whatever they actually should be. And so the blue squares stay the same, but the orange squares, <coughs> excuse me, the orange squares turn into some curved shape to help give the image a little bit less of a pixelated blocky look. So you can nice. have, actually have some like, you can have spheres and other uh, round objects and things or curved objects like that uh, merry-go-round horse. And mm -hmm. uh, there's just a lot of orange squares on it. So, uh, so you really don't know what the heck you're even revealing until you're near the end. And it's, um, that's always gratifying. Cool. Um, so uh, music is pretty nice uh, in the game. I haven't listened to it too much, but it it kind of reminds me almost like a little bit of a little bit of Leighton in in a small okay. way, but uh, which is always a good thing. And yes, um, but yeah, I mean, I think thirty bucks for it is probably a pretty good cost considering how much okay. a cross book itself costs. Uh, if you were to just buy a two D pencil and paper one, um, oh. but and for a download only title, it's that's not too shabby. Would it have been nicer twenty bucks? Hell yeah. But anything more than thirty, I wouldn't have appreciated that. Uh -huh. uh, but um, the one thing I'll say, going back to the birthday thing, so I got an email from Nintendo, and this is part of their—I guess it's part of the new, you know, my Nintendo promotions and stuff. So they know it's my birthday. They send me a coupon saying thirty percent off a game, and I'm like, sweet, I can uh -huh. take ten bucks off this game, and then that gift card, I'm sold, you know. So I look into it more. No, it's thirty percent off. Uh, up to one of 12 games that they've predetermined. And wouldn't you know it, nine of those I've owned for years. And uh, the other three I've had no interest in, which is why I didn't buy them in the first place. Like, uh, Nintendo keeps doing this with their uh, My Nintendo right now and also with um, promotions like that where they just, they're so restrictive. Dedicated Nintendo fans who are longtime Nintendo fans are going to have pretty right. much all the games that they always end up putting on for uh, sales and stuff. It's just frustrating. You know, what yeah. what incentive do I have to pick up the next Mario at launch then if they're just going to sell it for half price sometime down the line? Or, or my next birthday, I'll get some great deal on it. Or, uh, it, I mean, they've, they've almost given some games away for free, it seems like. I think I did get, I think I got some, man, I got something great for free. I forget. I think I got one of the Layton games for free or something. I mean, just the the way that they've had deals in the past. It just makes you wonder, like uh, like folks like Zero, he's very uh, 
big on finding the deal, you know? Uh-huh. He, he pretty much doesn't want to buy a game unless he can get a deal on it. And uh-huh. hey, that's fine. I don't have the mentality, but maybe I should. Uh, because it just sucks that, you know, of all the games that Nintendo has in its library, they're going to limit me to 12. Um, right, right. And, and they're all digital versions of retail games. So, like, why not just give me a 30... It's my birthday. I'm going to use it. I'm going to go into the eShop. I might even see more stuff. Just let me take 30% off any game. What What are yeah, you losing? Yep, you know? yep. Yep, yep. So uh, maybe just make it up to thirty dollar value or twenty dollar sure. value. Yeah. But um, so that was that was disappointing. I was a little annoyed with Nintendo on that. Nintendo. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I almost switched to uh, the PSP. But, yep. Um, I should say I've never played a PSP. I hear they're pretty cool, so I don't know. I'm just making fun of them. But I have one. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I got it way way after the fact for uh, pretty much for Monster Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so then really my whole joke about you seeking them out at GameStop could be totally true. Could be. Do, they, do they sell those anymore? Uh, uh, the games, anyway? Probably in the used... Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they have them in the, okay. on the used track. There, yeah. But anyway, so uh, Pacross 3D, Round 2, awesome game, stellar game. Any puzzle fan should be picking it up. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. And um, And if you can find copies of the old games, too... Go for it. And then there's the Pokemon, or not Pokemon, the Cross E series, which um, there's six of them on the 3DS eShop, and those are all stellar as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Take a sip of my beer. Okay. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a Third Coast beer from Bell's Brewery. Yep. And it is a uh, pale ale style beer. That's right. Obviously. My sister surprised me with a nice gift of uh, kind of this package where it had two beers in the case. It came with two of those um, like glasses that are like a beer can, but they're glasses. So I got some of those, and it had a keychain, and then she also got me a six-pack of this Third Coast beer, which is a beer she just discovered, but I, I like it too. So that was very kind of her. So she, uh, this, this podcast's beverage brought to you by my sister. Awesome. Who, after years and years of drinking just, like, the piss of beers, finally, suddenly, just was like, craft beer is awesome, and, and has gotten out of the whole, like, Budweiser thing or whatever. Oh. Or Miller, I don't know. Um, you know, no hate to those who, who like that stuff, but I just don't find a lot of flavor in it. But uh-huh. So I, I'm probably kind of snobby on that, whatever. But uh, we all have our thing. We do. So, um... Yeah, so those are the two games I've been playing. I mean, I've been dabbling in Pokemon a little bit, trying to work on the living decks. You helped me a lot with that uh, some days ago. I appreciate that. Um, that might slow a little bit once Pokemon Sun gets to my uh, doorstep. Because Understandable. I want to actually just play that. And then uh, yep. this, the second living... I, I'm guessing it'll go on hold until the living decks um, can be... Or the Pokemon Bank can be achieved from that. Then I'll transfer oh, yeah. those over, and then I'll start working on the rest again. Yeah. But... Um, I'm still working on the short list you sent me last time. It was it was it was a pretty long short list, though. <laughs> I guess it's like um, twelve or something like that. But they weren't the easiest ones to find. But when I was trying to look through my list of what I needed or what I thought you could help me with, I was kind of surprised that I really felt I had the confidence to find most of those naturally. Uh-huh. So um, I really just needed bunker down and or hunker down or whatever the term is. Hunker down uh, in a bunker. Hunker in a bunker. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a chunker. And uh, that was just a fat joke for no reason. Um, <laughs> it was about yourself, though. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. 
you know, discretion. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's the beer. I'm not feeling uh, good about drinking all this beer. But um, but I feel really good about it. Anyway. Um, yeah, I got I to gotta do that, but uh, just not right now. Uh-huh. You know, I, I meant to ask you, what copy did you get? Sun oh, of Pokemon? Yeah. Uh, Sun. Okay. Yeah. Damn you. I, I actually, I actually wanted the functionality of Moon, where the twelve-hour time shift, but I just, I succumbed to the uh, that the legendary on the front is just so much cooler mm-hmm. to me that that lion. So, so is uh, is Amy gonna get Moon or anything like that? Oh no, no, no definitely not. Um, Eric is talking about it, so I'm hoping oh, she cool. does. You know, because then we can do some trading and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we can help you. You know, but uh, yeah, of course, there's you know, Plute and maybe even PokePal would be uh, willing to help. I mean, there's Pokemon fans out there on Negative World that uh, certainly would support us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Plute's sons already have their copies too. Like, really? No, I don't know. But I just oh, okay. he just talks about how he and Trish always you know get the uh, alternate versions. So I'm, I just feel like his kids would already have their versions too. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's it. Um, I have a new Gamebird game I need to play, but uh, sitting on my computer to play, which it's a Steam game that I picked. Um, it just it's just not something that works for me right now. So we'll see. But uh, but all right. So hey, why don't we take a break and then come back and talk a little bit more? Uh, kind of got a random topic. Kind of about what I just mentioned. I wanted to get your thoughts on just how do you make time for video games in your adult life? I mean, how does that how does that change, and what do you do? And uh, do you have any tips for me? I guess. Okay. All <laughs> maybe, right. Maybe not that part, but uh, we'll be right back. back welcome everybody uh we just finished up a great uh, section of now playing and heard about joe's uh trip to the mall and yep. um so as far as like a main topic or main thing you know we don't have too much going on with the switch news not really flowing yet and uh, i haven't had a chance to play any pokemon uh so really what i thought you know would be kind of interesting to discuss or get joe's opinion on and uh and hopefully hear from you guys as well out there in the uh in the ether is how do you make time for video games anymore? Because, you know, I follow all these publications on Twitter and, and on YouTube and uh, and even just my friends here on Negative World. And, you know, some of them just have so much time to play video games, but yet their lives are so enriched with other things, you know, family, crazy okay. things like that, and, and work, uh, and extracurricular, like, sports. You know, I thought sports were just something that uh, EA did. But I guess they're, like, real things that you can go out and do. And uh, people have time for this stuff, and uh, you know, children and stuff like that, and it's, it's just crazy. And I'm I'm hoping to have more of those things myself, but um, 
I don't know if I'm just lazy or if I just have changed to some degree, but uh, I guess to, to speak for myself right now, I play video, I, so I carpool. I've, I've mentioned that before. I still carpool, so I get, and I never drive, so that's kind of nice. I mean, I will if I have to, uh-huh. but I never I never get forced to. So I usually try to play little video games in the morning or on the way home from work and just try to relax. And, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm not checked out conversation-wise in the vehicle, but, uh, yeah, I definitely like to just, you know, that's what I love across 3d4 is it's one of those perfect games for just like chilling and just kind of hanging out and discussing things um but uh but i play a little bit of that but then i really don't i don't sit down my 3ds anymore unless i'm in a commute like that um and then for the wii u i mean splatoon was easy because when i was playing splatoon it was a little different i could play that and i could still like edit the podcast or i could do other things at the computer because there's right. those short moments of, of downtime when you're waiting for the thing, the next match to start. But trying to play like Color Splash and do that, I really have to sit down and dedicate time. And actually, of course. you know, one of the things that, that this relates to is that uh, this weekend, um, you know, Erica said to me, she said, okay, sa- this Saturday, you're going to play video games. Because I've been, I've been busting my ass at work and everything and, and working many extra hours. In fact, the whole 3DS and the drive home thing uh, really was put, you know, to... Uh, to a halt because I just was writing emails that I would send the second I got back to Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? Like that's how busy I was working. Uh, but things are getting better now. And, uh, um, so she said, you know, I have to play video games this Saturday. And so I actually did get a little bit of time, but even, even when I dedicated my day to playing video games, I still got maybe two hours in, you know, <laughs> cause uh-huh. you just have other stuff to do. It's like, okay, well I'll fit this in now and then, okay, well we got to go do this. And, I gotta, you know, it's a nice day. I gotta make sure I take care of that outside before it gets cold again. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this is the first year that I've had my home and everything. So that's definitely a, a change. But, um, I don't know. I, 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 I can't let myself disconnect from video games. I love video games so much. It's been a part of who I am. You know, I don't think I'll ever stop playing them. But, uh, but my backlog just gets so big and even though I only want like one or two, maybe, Honestly, like four, maybe four or five games at most in the, in a given year. Do I really, really need them? Right. And, uh, and even that, which is less than one every two months is still like too many to handle uh-huh. for me right now. Uh-huh. So, so for me, I, right now we have the, the Wii U in the living room, but it was in my office slash gaming den or whatever that it eventually will become when I really, uh, get through with it. But, uh, you know, but just dedicating myself to the couch and to the TV is really tough. Uh-huh. And, um, and let alone, again, the 3DS. But I do play 3DS usually right before bed as well. But the downside of that is actually just falling asleep with it falling on my face or underneath yep. my body. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yep. and then, of course, I wake up and, oh, I didn't save my progress because I fell asleep. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but how do you how do you manage it? Because, I mean, for you, you know, you've, you're, like you said, you, you teach and, um, and, you know, you don't live alone and you have pets and you have friends and family and you just got so much going on. So, I mean, what do you do for yourself? And then, I mean, are you happy with it or do you wish you had more time or what? Well, I'm, I'm definitely not happy with it. Not happy with it at <laughs> all. Um, in fact, uh, you know, one of the things that, that really bugs me, uh, you know, around the, the late 90s and then through up through like, you know, 2005 or so, my favorite genre was RPG. Now, that's just something that, it's almost an impossibility these days you know it's like i would love to uh 
you know, we were talking about like Christmas coming up. You know, I, I would love to be able to say like, oh, maybe I'll throw like Dragon Quest Seven, the mm-hmm. 3DS version on there or something. But it's almost like, why would I do that? Because I don't know. I don't foresee a time when I'm going to be able to devote that much to it. And, and part of that is that like, you know, I, I have, so I just, I plan to play a lot of the new Pokemon, and so it's kind of like, well, that's you know, a lot of hours are going to go there. But, um, but yes, but in general, you know, let's say they they announce uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, which is something that I would be, you know, flipping out to play. Let, let's say they they say, okay, it's going to be released on this date. I, you know, it's it almost it almost doesn't do anything for me be, because I don't imagine that at that time it's going to be convenient or easy to play a game of, of what I expect is a very large scope like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always used to pride myself like as of as recently as maybe like three years ago, I always used to kind of like really take pride in the fact that I had like zero backlog mm-hmm. that, that used to be me. I used to be that person. I used to like, if I got a game, I played that game. And if a game was, if I started a game, I finished that game, you know? Um, but over the last couple of years, like my backlog is fairly sizable now. And I don't know how it compares to other people. I still, I know there are some people who just like, you know, their gaming collection is more backlog than collection, but, um, baby got backlog. Heck yeah. So, uh, but yeah, for me, you know, my backlog now is easily, close to 50 games or something. And th- that's including like all like the little digital things that as you said, you know, sometimes you just happen, you know, someone's given out a game digitally for free through some promotion or whatever, but uh still I wouldn't get it if I didn't want to play it. Um so, you know, just like just off the top of my head, like I have both Dylan's Rolling Western games on my 3DS and I have not even fired up either one of them. You know, but they're there and I want to and plan to play them someday. Uh, I have, you know, I have the, uh, I have both Zone of the Enders for PS2. I have this book, Enders. (laughs) Yeah. I have, uh, I loved Kingdom Hearts, the first Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. I own uh, Chain of Memories and the sequel on PS2. And uh, I think that's it. I don't think I own the PSP one or the 3DS one. But uh, yep, haven't haven't even cracked the seal on on either of those. Uh, you know, it's just I don't know. It's just uh, it's really it's really disheartening. Like even I I have uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance that I started playing a couple months ago on PS2. And the idea was that I would have that. I had my PS2 hooked up to the TV. The idea was I would just sort of like, you know, when I had 20 or 30 minutes and there was nothing I wanted to watch or whatever, you know, I'd just fire that up. And that just, it just hasn't worked out that way. It's just like if I have 20 or 30 extra minutes, it usually means I have to catch up on whatever, you know, whatever emails I'm behind on or, you know, I should probably 
grade some papers or wash I should a probably, dish or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, one thing, one piece of advice I will give you, which is, which is really sound advice that I know that you're going to agree with a great time to play some games to fit in some gaming is actually while recording a podcast. Hmm. I know that's something that uh, I know that we've talked about it before, and you're always like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. I really, I really like and appreciate yeah. that you're doing that." The whole like <laughs> devoting only part of your time to the show is just like such a novel idea, <laughs> right? It's yeah, it's great because like you know you can you can devote like half your brain power to this one really cool task, and then that the you're other... lucky to do, and then the other, you know playing a game. Yeah, oh, I thought you were talking about the game first and the other one was just trying to remember where the hell the person left off. Oh, no. But, uh, hmm. No. But, uh, but to be fair, I've always defended myself about this before. I always, I only do, like, mindless stuff. So, like, right now, I'm just combing through the Wonder Trades trying to find you, Pokemon, hmm. at the moment. Yeah, so, let's yeah. see. I see Joseph on there right now. Because I'm not playing Pacross 3D either. <laughs> oh no! The truth comes uh, out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a total hypocrite, but uh, but it's one of those games that I can definitely talk. And like I said, it's all I do on the car. You know, exactly. I would not be playing Pokemon Sun right now. Let's put it that way. I'm pretty sure you and I have talked while I've played Splatoon, and that does not work. We didn't record a podcast, but I'm pretty sure we we've, we've talked just in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I go freaking brain dead sometimes just because I get so oh, yeah. sucked into the action. Oh yeah, but uh, that's not good. And and I've probably pissed Erica off quite a few times too because mm-hmm. uh, she's had to repeat a few things when um, addressing me in my Splatoon uh, bubble. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. But I, like I said, I mean, I I schedule like every minute of my day. That, that's just me. It's uh, you know, a lot of people could easily do what I do without having to do that but I I don't know it just it just helps so um so for me I will literally like you know I'll have come home from work 6:30 uh make dinner from 6:30 to 7 eat from 7 to 7:45 and then I'll put in you know like from 8 to 9:30 play whatever so that's how I do it. Now the problem is that doesn't even that does not feel great because first of all at the end of that day as I think you sort of alluded to like you're tired and sometimes I'll be playing a game at the end of my day and it's like I kind of just want to go to sleep mm-hmm. and I'm not really enjoying it. like I'm fighting to stay awake. Oftentimes I'll be like fighting to stay awake especially if I'm like reading comics or something. I'm like no, I can't go to sleep yet. I have to, I'm trying to enjoy myself, you know. Um, and, and even if I am awake, it usually is not, you know, it's the, the fun is kind of tempered by the fact that it's like, there's like this time clock ticking down, you know, the whole, like, I know I only have an hour and a half or two hours and it's, it's, ebbing away at every second whereas the way i remember playing games in its most pure fun sense either as a kid or even up through college 
you know, you'd just be like, hey, it's Saturday. I'm playing Final Fantasy today. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's and that was it, you know, and you'd I'd I'd let my mom know when I wanted cheese sandwiches and it was a beautiful <laughs> thing. And uh Yeah, and you could say I, I think a lot of people would just be like, Well, you know, you're an adult, you may lose the ability to burn a whole day playing Final Fantasy, but now, you know, if you want to drive to Toronto, you can just get in your car and do that. You don't have to ask permission and everything. And, you know, if you want, a lot of times to, to afford a game, you can just say, hey, I want to buy this. You don't have to wait for Christmas or your birthday or beg your parents. You can just be like, hey, I want to buy this, and I do. But I don't know. It's like it's like some sort of Greek tragedy where, uh, you know, I remember seeing a, a an image, uh, I guess, a meme online a couple years ago. It was like, finally have the money to play all the games I want. Don't have any of the time that I used to. So, you know, something like that, like basically just getting at this exact idea that when you're, when you're a kid, you've got all the time, but none of the means. And when you're an adult, you've more or less got the means, but none of the time. So, yeah. So now that I've thoroughly depressed you and given you no hope, for a solution, um, what do you what do you have to say? <laughs> that I just I agree. I don't know. It's it's just it's. I think what we need to do, uh, we need to ask for our listeners to please post uh, their thoughts on this in the thread. Insofar as like, you know, if you agree, obviously, yeah, let us know that you agree, but. If you have some sort of method, you know, something that works for you, please let us know because we need it. <laughs> yeah, my cousin, he gets pretty depressed because he, you know, he has a kid now and, well, he certainly loves the, you know, loves him and everything. Uh, he's like, he told me the other, the other week, he's like, I want to just play this one game all year and I can't because <laughs> mm. he's just got so much going on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I guess I just wonder if this happens with other hobbies as well, or if 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 it's somehow unique to video games because of something about it. I don't know. I mean, that's what I like to hear more from other people too. Right. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think it's just it's just with everything because, you know, I also, uh, for me, and like music, that's another thing that um, I would love to be doing a lot more of. I've got people here in town like Lou that I keep. I keep telling them like, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to do this band or whatever. And the, you know, the thing is, it's like, I mean it when I'm telling it to him, but if I were him at some point, he's going to just start rolling his eyes and be like, yeah, yeah, sure we are, Joe, because it just, it never materializes in the last couple of years. Cause it's just, I don't know. It, it just takes, it takes more time than we have. And, and like you said, like, yeah, I don't have kids. And the only pets I have, like, I need to feed my rabbit in the morning and at night. <laughs> I need to feed my toads at night. And I need to, you know, the toads, I need to clean the cage, or the uh, terrarium, you know, once a month. I need to do the rabbit cage once every, like, two weeks, maybe a week and a half. And that's it. And, like, I can't even imagine, first of all, even, like, 
even like having a dog that you have to walk multiple times a day or something, uh, or having a child that you have to walk like three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got to use the same leash, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's not good. I feel like it's such a larger thing. I just feel like, uh, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole we want to tumble here, but it's like uh, Western, the Western life is is just, uh, you know, it's built on this idea of this like productivity, right? With your job and, and just, just doing things. But it's like, where are we going in such a rush? You know, like what, why do we need to be at this pace? There's, you know, it just doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I'd like to know, you know, what the mentality is of those who actually still fit in a lot of gaming in their in their days, uh, right. despite all the the different things we have for excuses to not play stuff. Right. I wonder for myself if I should try to structure my life a little bit more uh, to just you know make sure I carve out time for it, as if it's something, you know, like an old friend or something. Just make sure that. I do this on, you know, I spend an hour every three days or three days a week or something like that. But, right. um, and, and then try to almost like figure out, okay, maybe I, sh- I could be done by this time to play that game and like almost, almost cue things up. Cause I kind of just float around, I think too. Uh-huh. And then, and then that's when the backlog gets, gets bigger and bigger. I was really heavy into twilight princess HD and then suddenly something else changed and bam, now I'm, now right. I'm where am I at, you know? Right. 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 I mean, I think part of it for me is being able to finding time to play games, but also finding time to complete games. Yes. And I don't like having so many unfinished books, so to speak. No, uh, no. And at that point with books, <laughs> I mean, I, I read those on occasion. Um, it's weird. I, I do better at finishing those. I don't you know. Maybe it's just a different medium, but uh, um, I guess because video games can feel so open-ended, I guess. So you don't really know where the ending necessarily is or how far you are with a book. You always know exactly how far you are from the end. Right. So you can pace yourself differently. Right. That's true. I definitely, um, I definitely miss the days of just like, Hey, what do you want to do today? Okay. Well this morning let's play some golden eye then let's go get some pizza and then we'll come back and play some oh, Mario party man. for a few hours and then screw it. We'll play some more golden eye, you know, and then just oh, when you man. get tired, we'll throw some smash on and then we'll call it a day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I miss those days so much. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Me too, bro. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. I just. I don't know what the answer is, but. I mean, there probably isn't one. I mean, I. I wasn't posing this question just to you know to find some sort of philosophical solution to, to this. Yeah. But yeah, I just. I just was curious about how how you do it because I mean, just you and I making time to podcast or even just to talk. Uh, not on a podcast, just to catch up, you know, and see how yeah. things are. I mean, living in other states doesn't mean we get to hang out for dinner. You know what I mean? Right, so we don't get right. to catch up and, and shit like that. So just making time for for the people and, and everything. And to me, I think video games are still very important to me. That I want to make time for it. Uh, I like that Nintendo helps make it social. You know, with with like Splatoon. Uh, but I still really like a good, you know, single player experience. And and even when I get those from Nintendo, I don't necessarily have the time to to devote and, and it shocks me sometimes when I see people losing their shit over how like bad of a, of a winter this is going to be for Nintendo or, you know, they're not going to have any good releases, Yeah, but there's so many other games. Like how do you, why do you even need a new game right now? Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, I feel, 
I feel weird at that at those times because I always want to when people are like, you know, storming the castle like release another game Nintendo. You know, I always want to be like, nope, nope, you're you're good Nintendo. <laughs> Just uh, take all the time. You know, keep that. Keep that game in the oven as long as it needs to bake, you know. Just, just keep, just make it good when it comes out, and uh, I'm good, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to wait because, on, yeah. On another podcast, uh, someone had said that you know, like if next year if they release a Mario game and a, and the Zelda game and then a Pokemon game on the Switch, like that'll be right. an amazing year for Nintendo. And I'm thinking. Like, I, I can see both sides of the coin, like, at the same time, and it throws me for a loop, because on the one hand, those are three stellar games, but that's not, to me, that, that wouldn't make my year. That's three right. games, you know? That's, yeah. I don't care how, how good the games are, that's three games. But on the yeah. same, same token, hell yeah, that'll make my year, because I still have seven or eight that I'm trying to play right now. So in between Mario and Zelda and Pokemon, like, I'll have months and months of content that I, I've been meaning to get to. So it's, it's, yep. I can't really, I can't pick a side to live on. Yep. Yeah, and like I, um, you know, we have the uh, the chat nights at in Temple twice a week. Yeah. And those used to be, those used to be built in like game time for me. You know, even if, even if uh, I wasn't playing something with someone else in the chat, we would, you know, like oftentimes people would just they'd be playing their own game. And you'd still sort of like comment to each other every twenty or thirty minutes, like, "Oh, I just did this cool thing in this single player game." You know, yeah, like, I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah. So, but for the past, I'd say easily, um, maybe year or so. I mean, that just has no, not year. I, I take that back because we played a lot of Final Fantasy Explorers over the summer. This semester, this semester certainly, uh, I just have had. I, I don't. I don't think I've played any any games during during those chat nights, and I see like uh, Mop It Up and Rocket, who I don't think uh, posts at Negative World, but um, everyone knows Mop It Up for sure. Yeah. But uh, you know they've been playing a lot of Minecraft on Wii U, and Minecraft is not a game that really appeals to me, but I love the idea of playing along with them and I love when I see in the chat when they're talking about like oh there's something down this cave to explore and like oh my god we're trapped by this thing and you know I really want to get in on that even if it's you know just uh you know just for a few months and then the 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 uh, fades yeah um and so many times so many times it's been chat night and I've been like ah, I could just could just download it right now, you know. Like I still have some leftover eShop money. I could just download it and play it. But I'm like, but then the other, you know, the the other Joe on my other shoulder is like, dude, you have maybe 35 minutes of free time tonight, you know. Like, yeah, you're in the chat, but you're, you know, I have I'm like grading stuff or you know preparing the next day's lecture. You know, I could sure I could buy the game squeeze in 35 minutes not even probably learn how to play it and then i'd have to sign off but it's like what what would be the point of doing that you know so mm-hmm. well i think forums like this and uh and in temple do help keep for me keep the love of of gaming alive and i guess you know I really I, I used to dedicate myself to posting a lot more 
And it's a little hard uh, to do that, too. I mean, just to talk about the games that I'm enjoying when I finally get to enjoy them is just tough. That's no. one of the reasons I like doing the podcast is just because it yeah. gives me a chance just to dedicate time. Uh, but, you know, but and while it's not very consistent in the sense that, you know, it's not every Friday night at 8 p.m. like it is tonight that we uh, right. that we, you know, do it every single week. I mean, my life just doesn't really bode well for that. But uh, right. but still, when we sit down to record a podcast, we know exactly how long it usually is going to be. We know how long it's going to run over. <laughs> uh, sure, you know, yeah. and it's usually the same amount of time, and um, it's just hard to do that with video games, I think. Yeah, um, and you know, part of that's like so many. There's so many variables in life that are uh, inconsistent. My my commute is pretty dang consistent, but you know, traffic or depending on what time I actually left work or left for work, you know, changes how. Like today, I went to work like an hour early, and man, my drive was probably like ten minutes shorter. And not to mention the uh, all the hunters in Michigan right now that are out doing their thing and uh, not clogging up the roads. Okay. Just, so I had like so much extra free time today because just traffic was less. And um, so it's just it, I find it hard, I guess, unless I schedule it like a, like an appointment, maybe to um, to do it. with Splatoon. I got so much of that, and I mean I played over four hundred hours in the first year. But the reason is because it was it was my thing. I would come home from work. And I would just play an hour of Splatoon, or I would play enough Splatoon till dinner was ready, because my girlfriend would usually make dinner. Um, and of course, you know, I wouldn't play on nights that I wouldn't. But even when she'd go to bed, because she goes to bed way earlier than I do, because she has a different schedule than me, I would just play at night. Now that that addiction's gone, like, it's just filled up with other things that have not been gaming. So, but, uh, God. I understand. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess we play enough to, to talk about it. I mean, we definitely have things to we talk do. about. We do. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. Before we get to first world problemy, I mean, <laughs> I do. Do people even say that anymore? <laughs> I feel like that that phrase is kind of coming gone. Anyway, but um, yeah, I like look. I do also. I remember in eleventh grade, my English teacher said something to the class, which I don't even know why he said it. I don't know what he was talking about, but it has stuck with me. And he just said, you will always find time for the things that you love. And it's true. What it ends up kind of being, I think, is, you know, that, that it, it gets kind of compromised by like, well, there might be some things that you love more than others. And the things you love less get get kind of chopped off. But, um, but you know, I mean, yeah, we do, we do end up playing games. It, it sucks that that it's not at the rate or in the in the way that we would prefer but it does happen i mean in the last year you know what we we did manage to finish twilight princess hd even though it took us quite a while uh we started wind waker hd i don't know yeah you know, when it came out pretty much and we just finished that a couple of weeks ago you know so it does happen. These things happen. They, it moves more of at a glacial speed than uh, it used to, but uh, it's better than you know. Hey, I mean, there. You know, you hear stories about uh, one or two generations ago, people that they they just go to the factory all day and uh, come home, eat dinner, go to sleep. You know, Rinse start repeat. over the next day. Yeah, so. They they didn't get to catch as many Pokemon as as I do. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's true. I guess it is what we make it, right? Uh, and, yeah. and and if that's true, if that sticks with you, and and if you allow it to be true, the whole 
you know, we make time for the things that we, we love and things like that. I guess what's there to worry about then? Yeah. You know, I just, I, uh, I just want to be the 70 year old guy, 80 year old guy who is still playing video games. Oh yeah. And hopefully still has a brain for it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, that too. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm not doing Wii Fit anymore or, uh, Dance Dance Revolution at that age, but, um, but I still want to be playing because I still want to always make time for games. Heck yeah. So, but I think that's But yes, please, please post people. Tell us what your experience is like. Yeah, uh, you know, the, to hear. This, this podcast has quite a few things I actually want to hear from folks. I want to hear about their challenges or lack thereof uh, for making time for video games. I want to hear about everyone's midnight launches of Pokemon. If they've uh, if they've got any stories to tell, um, and uh, of course we always like hearing when people have other opinions that maybe don't match ours or maybe do match ours uh, in terms of the games that we've played. So yes, you know. So I really Chibi Robo. I want to see if anyone else <laughs> <laughs> is in your camp, Joe. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm in a weird camp. I mean, I'm I'm in a very yin yang kind of camp with that game, but yeah. ultimately the yin. Or Yang was was strong enough to uh, to to make me make me glad that I played it. Yeah. All right. I think that's just called Stockholm syndrome, but could be. So could be. I think this is a good place to stop, though, for for this Let's episode. Stop. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, listening, and uh, thank you, Joe, for your time as uh, you, co-host, and uh, thank you to Nintendo for giving us a reason to chat. Yep. Uh, on the show in the first place, because without you. This would be a PSP podcast. Oh, man. When are, when are we starting that? Uh, no, never. Um, okay. All right. Well, everyone, have a, have a good night, good weekend, good holidays. Uh, those are coming up. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.